Lord, thank you this morning. This morning we offer our heart completely to you, Lord. To honor you, to love you, and to worship you, Lord. To adore your name. Father, we thank you that we have a perfect Father in heaven. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, this morning, as we celebrate Father's Day, I pray that you anoint every father, that they learn from you as a perfect father to be the parent as you, as your will. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As we listen to your word, Father, I pray that Holy Spirit, you give us understanding how to apply your word into our life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So happy Father's Day for all fathers or who are joined online. Happy Father's Day. I think when uh, we share about fatherhood, because our Father in heaven is a perfect father, it will benefit everyone. Whether you are single, not married, you don't, uh, you have, uh, you don't have children yet, but God's word is always benefit for every one of us. So in the Bible, it is easier to find family with a lot of sin and problem and pain than family with harmony. Adam and Eve disobey God and their firstborn killed his brother. Infertile Sarah gave her servant Hagar to, his, to her husband Abraham to bear a surrogate child for her. Out of jealousy, Sarah abused Hagar. Lot's daughter seduced him. Isaac played favoritism with his twin boy. And Jacob then sold their brother into, uh, Joseph into slavery. So, so on and on and on, bad story in the Old Testament. And there are also fathers who have failed Abraham might have had a good relationship with Isaac, but he failed as a father to Ishmael. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, offered unauthorized fire, and they killed by God. Gideon's sons, Abimelech, murdered his 70 brothers. Elias, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4, Elias we learn from Eli's worthless sons. And first Samuel chapter 8, we learn Samuel's worthless sons. And when we continue with the first Samuel, then we will learn from rebellious child of David. Now today, on Father's Day, I want to share how father can apply first Samuel into fatherhood. We have learned the failure of Eli as father and followed by Samuel. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 11 to 36, it talks about son of Eli. When Eli was old and his vision was uh, failing, he left the job of tabernacle to his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, and they abused their power. Verse 12 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Now the sons of Eli were worthless men. 
they didn't know the Lord. In the Hebrew term, worthless means the sons of Belial. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15, Paul used Belial as synonym for Satan. Now, Hophni and Phinehas were the son of Satan. These two brothers, they took the best part of the sacrifice meat and uh, also the fat part that belonged to God and they, instead of boiling it, they make it barbecue of it. And they also seduce uh, the woman who served at the entrance of the tent. And Eli, because he liked the food, he joined his son to eat the food when the son steal the food from the uh, sacrifice. Now, one day, God sent a prophet to Eli and said, why, uh, that is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29, why then you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded for my dwelling and honor your sons above me by fattening yourself on the choicest parts of every offering of my people, Israel. Eli got fed because he joined his son to eat the stealing food from the God's sacrifice. And Eli asked his son, why do you do such thing? It sounds a helpless and hopeless father. Then when we, uh, Eli wasn't a godly father or a spiritual leader. And that's why his son wouldn't listen to him. And when we continue, uh, the writer adds uh, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 25c, for it was the will of the Lord to put them to death. They were beyond repentance. And their hardness of their heart was their own choice. And the judgment of God on them was because their own choice. It was like hardening of Pharaoh's heart in the day of Moses. Eli had lost influence over his own family, can only wait for God's judgment to fall. If Eli were the man of God, and he was concerned with the glory of God in the tabernacle. He would have called his son to repent. And if they refused, he would have expelled them from the priesthood. Now, in verse 30 to verse 36, that was God's judgment on Eli's family. In verse 34, Hophni and Phinehas, both of them shall die on the same day. This is the judgment of God. And later in chapter 4, verse 17, the two brothers died in the battle against the Philistines. Eli, when he heard that the ark of God had been captured because he was a fat man, he fell backward, broke his neck, 
and died. Unfortunately, there was a shocking similarity between the situation of Samuel's sons and Eli's son. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 3, it says, Yes, yet his sons, uh, Samuel's sons, did not walk in his way, did not walk in Samuel's way, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. However, Samuel did not share in his son's corruption. And when we think about Samuel, Samuel grew up with Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. He didn't have a good role model as a father. And according to the Bible, Eli was too easy on his sinful sons, and perhaps Samuel were away from home too much to do his ministry because he traveled from one place to another place. So this is the failing father in 1 Samuel. Now, when we look, we learn from 1 Samuel chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 7, and 1 Samuel chapter 8, how can we apply into fatherhood? When we look at 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 5 to 8, in Hannah's song, Hannah said that the rich people with plenty of food are still looking for something to eat and willing to work for it. And the hungry, poor people have more than they need. The parent woman give birth to seven children, while the woman with plenty children can even enjoy their family or her family. She described this is because the grace of God. And then first uh, three, three B, first Samuel chapter two, first three B. Hannah said, "The Lord is holy; He knows what you have done, and He will judge your action." So, as Father, our perfect Father, He is love; He is grace, gracious, and the other side, because He is holy, He cannot. Tolerate sin. He must judge sinner like Hophni and Phinehas. And John 3, 16, it says, Because God so loved the world, so he sent his only son to die on the cross. So whoever believes in Jesus will not, have, uh, will not perish but have eternal life. So Jesus is the bridge between God's love and God's punishment. So these two principles, we can take it to apply it for our children. As parents, we have to love our children. On the other side, we have to set rule and regulation to raise them and to discipline them. Because all children are born with independence, autonomy, and self-rule. That's because of the sin. And my three-year-old granddaughter, Faith, she liked to choose what she eat, and she liked to choose what she wear. Self-rule, independence. Yeah. And so how can we apply it to, uh, to discipline our children? 
if we have too much love to our children, we don't have any rule and regulation for them, that's called a permissive parent. And permissive parent will produce a self-righteous child. So, on the other hand, if we too strict with the regulation and with the rule, we produce a little Pharisee. Because that we, want, uh, we set a rule and we want our children to listen and to obey, and we focus on the outward behavior, not on their heart. And such child will grow as a liar, dishonest person. And he or she will share only his or her success, but not he, his or her failure. When a boy pushes, pushes his brother, a father said to him, Hey, come here. Say sorry to your brother. And the little boy say, sorry, and then he walks away. And the father called him again, come here. Look at his eyes and say, sorry. And the little boy say, sorry. And the father respond, that's my boy. What do you think? Does this little boy feel really sorry for what he has done to his brother? Fathering is discipleship. A father produces a human soul, which is as a result of the gospel we live in and how we honor our God. Father, use your authority to model your children to and discipline them to maturity. As a Christian, we grow from immaturity to maturity. Embed independence from God to dependence on God. We have to use our authority to make rules and regulation for our children. But we must be consistent with what we say and what we do in our life. So that's called modeling. Telling, teaching, and action must be in line. When your children was or are little, they need instruction and teaching. When they grow from six years old, seven years old, they will watch you what you do. If what you do consistent with what you say, they will love you, respect you, they will listen to you. When your children become young adults, you cannot instruct them anymore, but you can influence them with your life and your action. As a father, often our self-righteousness and our unhealthy self-image are keeping us to be the father as God calls us to be. First Samuel chapter, we now we learn from First Samuel chapter seven, 
verse 3 to 6, when Samuel called Israel for repentance, Samuel said to Israel, first, seek God. Put away your idols, anything that separates you from God. Put away all these things. And number three, confess your sin. Parenthood begins with confession, not with strategies. We need to humble, humbly confess our sin and our weakness before the Lord. Otherwise, you will turn a moment of discipleship or discipline to a moment of anger. If you fail to confess your struggle or your sin before the Lord, you are more a rebellious child to your Heavenly Father. We punish our children out of self-righteousness. How many times uh, most fathers believe in this lie that I am in charge as a provider and my wife in charge for the household and child rearing. How many times we hear our father when he was angry? I think most of us will hear this anger. Do you, uh, and he will say, I work hard to feed you. I work hard to supply all your need. I work hard to, uh, uh, to pay for your tuition. I work hard for this and this and this all for you. What do you think? To our children in the morning, they held a meeting and discuss how can we today make our parents happy? Or to our children, they, uh, they think or they have desire to have a big house or a mansion? A self-righteous parent is angry, not because their children broke God's law, but they broke your law. No wonder when your child grew from 16, 17 years old, they don't have interest anymore, anything to do with gospel. John chapter 15, verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Godly children are our fruits as well. Now, the second part is unhealthy self-righteous parent and unhealthy uh, self-image parent. Parent, father must have the right identity before the Lord. We must preach the gospel to us to ourselves again and again. We are made in the image of God and we always searching for identity, for purpose, for meaning, for inner sense of well-being. We can only search it from God or from people around us. And parents often put their identity to, on their children. They focus on their success they focus on their well-being so that for their own reputation. They use their children to fulfill their unfulfilled dream. A failed businessman will convince and call his son and daughter to be, 
to do business, to make himself feel good. A father who failed to be a doctor, and he convinced his son to be a doctor to fulfill his unfulfilled dream. A parent, especially Asian parents, they push their uh, children to study hard, get a good job, get a, earn a good money, so that they will feel good about themselves. If we do this, we put a non-necessary burden on our children. Our children are not on earth to make us happy, to make other people respect us. They are not your savior. For your own heart, uh, I, I have an example. An old couple, Asian couple, came to counseling, and they said, when I move to Australia, I have a plan to have a better life. And now, my son had been graduated from medical school, and he is depressed. And every day, he just sit there and watch their finger because he is so depressed. So don't put unnecessary burden on your children. Search for identity in God. For your own heart as a father, we need forgiveness every day. You need empowerment. You need wisdom every day. Otherwise, you won't be able to minister to your children's heart. You won't be able to show grace to your children if you don't experience the grace of God. So when we sit at the aeroplane before it takes off, they always announce, in case of emergency, when the oxygen mask falls before you, you put your mask first before you help others. This is the principle of the grace of God. Experience the grace of God first before you can show grace to your children. God loves our children. He called us as father or parent, being his representative and his vehicle, that we with our authority make God's love, God's faithfulness, and God's grace and power visible to our children. This is our job. Now, if you have something against your father, seek God. Put away your hatred, your bitterness, and your bad memory with your parent. Confess it before the Lord. Seek God's forgiveness and forgive your father and your mother. Before you don't, because you don't want to become the same parent your parent used to be. Now we learn from 1 Samuel chapter 8. We learn from Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 8, we learn how the perfect father deals with rebellious children of Israel. After 20, 25 years, they experienced peace in Israel when Samuel was old. 
Israel reject God as king. The Israel wanted someone to judge them, fight for their battle, so they can see and follow this person as the neighboring nation. They ask God for a king because they don't want to have faith in God and trusting the invisible God and obeying his commandments. In spite of the warning and God say, it will cost you if you have a king. They insisted to have a king. The Lord gave them the request by appointing Saul. And God used Saul to discipline Israel. One day, God, uh, Saul disobeyed God and Israel defeated by their enemy. From the Bible, we learn as father or parent, when our adult child rebels against us, trust God, he will discipline them perfectly. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, in all things God works for the good of those who love him. As parents, we could see the consequence of our children's action, and we often try to protect them to uh, make some mistakes. Don't carry this burden. Let God deal with your children. Now, when we look at the Bible, there are a lot of failed father, failed family, dysfunctional family, because God want us to depend on him. It gives us the opportunity to apply and to understand the gospel. As we confess our weaknesses and our sin every day and seek God's forgiveness, his grace will become visible in our life and the life of our loved one, our children or our wife. Our trouble gives God opportunity to demonstrate his grace so that family messes become merciless. Every problem gives God opportunity to show his grace to us. Now, John Gottman, a well-known couple therapist, said that when a husband honor and respect his wife, this is based on his research on couple, when a husband honor and respect his wife by making his career less of a priority than his family life. It will not only benefit his marriage, but his children as well. He is so connected to his wife and spend time with his children. Such father lead a meaningful and rich life. Because as he has a happy family, it is possible for him to be creative and work effectively. This is the definition of a success father. Now, before I end, I repeat again, as a godly father, put your hope in God and pray sincerely for your wisdom and for the salvation of your children. Most fathers fail to lead their children into salvation, even though salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit, but we must lead our children to know God. Number two, saturate your children with the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes from hearing through hearing the word of Christ. 
And if you are family, please set up a family fellowship in your home. Number three, be radically consistent in your own faith. Your child, your children need to know how precious is Jesus in your life. And they need to know how the joy and the satisfaction in your heart because of Jesus. Number four, be the model of the gospel as you confess your sin and depend on grace. Your kid will see that their death isn't perfect, but he loved God and Jesus forgave him. So they will think, if I love God, if I do some mistake, Jesus will forgive me as well. God bless you.